Hey, Bryce, it's Brendan from Survivor Ghost Island, your favorite 17th place finisher. Number 17 on the show, but number one in your heart. Now, I've been listening to the podcast. I love it. I listen every week. But I've been thinking, you need a little more juice going into it, buddy. Like, you need a hype man. So consider this my formal job application. All right, here goes. You know him. You love him. He's the zaddy maker. He's the rump shaker. He's the heartbreaker. In case you forgot, he's Mr. Dot, Dot, Dot. He's Mr. Johnny on the spot, so you better get it while it's hot. That's right. It's a, it's a, it's a Purple Pants Podcast. Boom. There it is. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public. Might make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to unwind. You better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack. You better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of the Purple Pants Podcast. I am your host, Bryce Isaiah, and yes, did you miss me? Because you know I missed you. I hope everyone is recovering from their long weekend. I hope you had some cocktails. I hope you wet your whistle. I hope your stomach is full. I hope you had some time with your family. It's a blessing to be here with you guys and another week. Before we get into, you know, what I got to say, I just want to make sure that you guys are subscribed to my podcast. So if you could take a moment, just pause it. Pause and subscribe to my podcast, The Purple Pants Podcast, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or wherever you subscribe to your podcast. Make sure you write a review. Make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Yes. I'm excited to be recording episode 55 with you. I know I got a lot. People was like, what happened? Where, where, what happened last week? Why did you, where was you at? Why you record an episode last week? Well, listen, guys, last week was a, 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 I want to say a turbulent week for your baby boy with everything that was going on. The passing of Chadwick Boseman, Black Panther, the racial unjust in this country, the killing of yet another and another unarmed black man by the police and also the NBA community, the survivor community. And I personally lost a friend, my uncle, Uncle Cliffy, uh, Cliff Robertson had passed away and it was an emotional week for your boy. And I had attempted to record, but my spirit was not in it. it. It just it just was not there. So as much as I tell my Purple Pants posse, you know, you got to put yourself first. I actually just had to put myself first and I had to take a mental health day, uh, a mental health week and truly just get myself together because my spirit was not right. I was mourning. I was sad. I was angry. I was upset. And I just did not feel like I could give you myself how I normally give you myself. So I just had to take some time and to reflect and just to be grateful for me being here. I always say on the podcast that we need to make sure that we give people their roses while they're here. And just what a prime example uh, of the past two weeks that we've had. It's just important. You know, you need to make sure you reach out to your friends that you haven't talked to a while, your family members. But just just show people that are important to you love. But I'm back. 
My spirits are high. I am very grateful. I've had a long weekend. I had I was able to wet my whistle. Baby boy is wetting his whistle this episode. Okay, I'm wetting my whistle to a sour monkey. Mm, mm, mm. Ah, kind of hit you in the throat a little bit. Ooh. But I am yet grateful to be here with you guys. So what's up? What's going on, Purple Pants Posse? What y'all been up to? What you been doing? How has everyone been? It's almost been two weeks. What's the tea? Let me know. Okay. Let me know. Oh, you want to know what I've been up to? Now, wait a minute. I think I might got something for you. Hold on. Well, you asked how I've been doing. Huh. Huh. You know, you know, you want me to say it? Do you want me to say it? Do you want me to say it? Oh, you do? Oh, you do? Uh Uh-huh. Busy. 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 Busy as a corp. Busy as a tea. I'm busy as a quarantine. Be, be, be. Busy as a quarantine. Be, be, be. You know. <laughs> yes, your baby boy has been busy as a quarantine. B, B, B. Shout out to Jason Curtis Rivera for creating that busy as a quarantine. B, I cannot with the purple pants posse. But yes, I've been busy as a quarantine. B, you know how I do. I've really been focusing on getting my Zaddy calendars out. Yes, if you guys don't know, the Bryce Isaiah 2021 Zaddy calendar is available and they go with like hotcakes. They go with like hotcakes. So you better get up on it. I don't want to hear. Bryce, they're sold out. I didn't get my one. Listen, I'm telling you now, you better get it while you can. Bryce-Isaiah.MyShopify.com. Click the link get your zaddy calendar get your combo calendar okay listen you better get it i've been filling all of the zaddy calendars so they should be up to date i've had a barbecue to go to you know joey hatch a friend of the show invited me to his family's cookout you know they had some crabs baby boy was chowing down on some crabs now i will have to say i am more of a crab leg person because a crab leg is easy little and then you got the crab meat. Now, with an actual crab, you got, it's a big mess. But listen, baby boy was tearing them crabs up. But let me know, Purple Pants Spicy, are you a crab leg or a crab person? Let me know. Then your baby boy was in the kitchen. I had Sarah and E. Berrios over. And, you know, I made a little smorgasbord, a cheese board for them. We had some mimosas. And I just was trying to just really live my best life. I've been watching, catching up on my TV shows. And just really trying to just hang out and just chill because the summer is it's over. Like, first of all, where did summer go? Okay, we've been in we've been in lockdown quarantine, and then the summer just gonna sneak on by. Like, literally, the summer the summer just flashed on by. I don't appreciate it. Come back here, summer. I got something to tell you. But that's really what I've been up to. I'm just excited to get back to the podcast. Because listen, this episode, bang, bang, I know it's been a long weekend, but I got a juicy episode for you. So on this week's episode, we've got the church announcements. Okay, on the menu this week, I've got the casual tea with our baby boy, Aman Alwyn and Big Bay. It is, listen, it's going down in Big Brother. So listen, you don't want to miss this episode. I've got a new segment I'm debuting called Purple Pants Promotions. We've got our Purple Pants Premonitions. We've got Barb's Message and the Freak of the Week, Big Bay. So listen, 
I've been going for a minute now back with the purple, purple, purple. Okay. I've been going for a minute now back with the jump off goons in the club. Okay. Listen, y'all know, y'all know I can go on with a little Kim, but yes, I'm so excited for this week's episode. It's really good. I got a lot of little delectables and collectibles for you. So listen, what we waiting for? What we waiting for? Let's get into these church announcements. On this week's church announcements, I really only have one church announcement, and I really just wanted to spend some time to talk about Cliff Robinson, Uncle Cliff as I know him, or really Unc as I truly know him. It was definitely a a shock to me to find out that he had passed. I since Kagian, I had kept in contact with Uncle Cliff, and I was aware of some of his health struggles. Um, I think that he tried to, you know, he didn't want to put it out there how sick that he was. Um, so, and, and that's what most people, when they are sick, they want to protect the people that they care about. So I was definitely taken aback when I had found out of the passing of Uncle Cliff. But it just makes me really reflect on when I first met Uncle Cliff. And I just wanted to share this brief story with you guys about when I met Uncle Cliff. And I always talk about, like, you know, won't you be my ally? And, you know, just supporting people. And I have to be honest, when I first met Uncle Cliff, I was like, what in the hell are we going to have in common? This ex-NBA player, this man is 6'8", like, you know, and I remember, I've always told this story about uh, my experience on Kagan. I remember when we were locked down in our hotels in L.A., and they came, they got our cell phones, they were like, we're going to come back in about an hour, two hours, so make sure you take a shower, get some food, and then, you know, when we come to get you, we're going to round everyone up, and we're going to be in the lobby, and then we're going to go, but you're not going to be able to talk, so just so you know, like, prepare yourself. I always talk about how when they came to got me, the next person that we came to got was Spencer. The first thing I remember about Spencer was he had on like uh, slides with no socks. And I was like, oh, baby boy going to get on an international plane with no socks. And then the next person that Spencer and Spencer, myself and the, the handler, we went to go get Jatia. I remember thinking the first thing about Jatia was she opened a, she opened the door mean. I was like, oh my gosh, she's mean. But and and talking to Jatia, I know that like she had her game face on. For me, I was just trying to be friendly. She opened that door, was swinging her bags. I was like, oh my god. But I always talked about those two, Spencer and Jatia. I never talked about Uncle Cliff. So after it was Spencer, Jatia, and myself, we then like went down in the elevator and we went into the lobby where essentially the rest of Kagiyan was sitting. And of course, as we're walking down the steps, everyone's looking at us. And the first person that I remember looking at was Uncle Cliff. I was like, oh my God. I was like, what? What? I, I was thinking to myself, I'm on the wrong season. I was seeing people like Uncle Cliff, who was super tall, people like Garrett, who was super buff, people like Wu, who were just like extremely agile. I remember seeing David Sampson, like, oh, he kind of short. But, you know, I just, it, they, my first reaction to Uncle Cliff was like, oh my God, he's got to be a basketball player. And what the hell? I'm on the wrong season. So fast forward to us flying. I remember when we flew into Manila, uh, they were, we, they like, they tried to disguise our identities. So they would only call us by, like, they gave us like a number. Like we were like 13, 7, 6. And so just because they didn't want us to know each other's names or anything. 
And so we flew into Manila and then we went into this like VIP lounge to wait for our next plane. Or I think we were waiting for our bus to come. But we were in Manila in this like uh, waiting room for like three hours. And I will never forget when we got to Manila, the people in the airport were swarming Uncle Cliff. They were like, Cliff Robinson, Cliff Robinson. Oh, my God, Cliff Robinson. And I remember all of us looking around like, mm-hmm. We knew he was an NBA player. We knew he was an NBA player. And at that time, our directive was that we cannot talk to anyone. But the handlers soon had to realize, like, uh, Cliff Robinson is an NBA player. And these, like, these people want pictures with him. They want his autograph. And Cliff was so gracious. He kind of, like, went to the side and started taking, like, autographs and photos. He was just super gracious and so I just remember like wow like I was thinking if that was me like I don't know what I would do but obviously Cliff has been doing this for years so he was very much so accustomed to travel and accustomed to the international travel and you know the 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 people in Manila they're huge basketball fans so fast forward to I'm voted out Jatia voted out Uncle Cliff voted out Alexis voted out David voted out Well David was the first voted out But David You know David was not at Ponderosa with us Because David had a coin And listen He had a private jet Come fly him Back to the states And then Lindsay Went home for Whatever the reason is She went home so the crew was me, Gary, Alexis, Jatia, and Uncle Cliff. Like, that was the, the crew. And I remember the last night that Alexis got there, they were like, we're going on a trip. We're going to Thailand. And, you know, pack your bags. In the morning, we're going to leave. And so the next day happens. We fly to, I, I forget the airport. But we get to our first hotel. And I remember, like, up until then, like, when we were in LA, we all had our own hotel rooms. Like, we was chilling. And I remember our handlers were basically letting us know that we're going to have to be sharing rooms. And I remember Uncle Cliff was like, sharing a room? I don't want to share a room with anybody. So for me, I was so intimidated because in my mind, I'm like, oh, my God, Uncle Cliff don't want to share a room with me. Like, it, it just made me extremely uncomfortable. And I just remember like, oh, my God, like, he ain't going to like me. He's a former NBA player. And so I, at that moment, just was the insecure Bryce that I was because I'm, I'm not the Bryce that I am today. I just was, I don't know how to explain how I felt, but I just was so uncomfortable. So I remember turning to Garrett at that time and I was like, do you mind sharing a room with me? And Garrett was like, sure. And so, you know, when I talk about my friendship with Garrett and how like, you know, I thought we were friends because we're not. But that moment, I really felt bonded to Garrett because I, I truly felt so uncomfortable. And so he was there to kind of like support and be like, sure, I'll share a room with you. No problem. Fast forward to the remainder of the trip. And when I tell you that you sometimes can't miss you, sometimes us as humans, we read into things that truly have nothing to do with us. And I later in the trip had a conversation about Uncle Cliff and Uncle Cliff was like, what are you talking about, Bryce? I don't want to. And Uncle Cliff essentially was telling me that he is used to international travel. He's played for the NBA. He likes his own room, like period. So, and that's really what that was about. For me, it was such a relief. And when I tell you that probably the closest person that I was on to the trip were Jatia and Uncle Cliff. When I just tell you, Uncle Cliff was just so crazy, so outgoing. Don't let the fact that he's like six foot nine for you. Like he, any activity that we did, he was all in. We went sailing off of a boat in the water where we could almost, I want to say it was like China that we could almost see in the water. And I remember like I dove off the boat and Uncle Cliff was like, you can swim? I'm like, yes, I could swim. And I remember he was like, well, why wasn't you swimming in the challenge? I'm like, first of all, Uncle Cliff, don't come for me. But we 
we went cooking uncle cliff was uh, uh, like we made like mango sticky rice and first of all Uncle Cliff was Salt Bay before there was Salt Bay. First of all, like he was just throwing ingredients into his sticky rice, and we like, what is he doing? But listen, his sticky rice was definitely the best that we made. We rolled elephants off of the side of a mountain, and you know, I, you know, I'm pretty adventurous. I'm gonna say this, but when you get up on top of a elephant, and we were we researched and we wanted to ride the elephants the most humane way possible. You sometimes you see when you go to Thailand, there will be like people on the baskets like the basket that ain't like that's not good for the elephant like literally we were just on top of the elephant with just like a rope just holding on to the rope and so you know i'm like okay but when we walking on the side of a mountain and the road gets kind of narrow and the elephants start moving your body starts shaking first of all uncle clip was the first one on the elephant the first one walking up the mountain and i'm at you know when we going on the side of the mountain i'm like i don't know if i can do this uncle clip's like boy be quiet and be quiet and just hold on i'm like okay uncle cliff and we would go out at night and sometimes we would have some party poopers garrett but uncle cliff was always willing to go out oh just always always making sure that we were okay oh and just for me it was such a breath of fresh air because again my first initial reaction on this trip i was like oh my god i don't know how this is gonna work but for me, it was just so reassuring that like this black male, not only this black male, this athlete, this like pinnacle of black male, like actually cares about me, actually cares about my well-being. And even after the trip, after Kagiyan, everyone's always friends right away. And then the friendships kind of start to break down and you don't really hear from people. I've always stayed in contact with Uncle Cliff. He's always texted me. He's always told me about his kids, always told me about his sister, always talking about his wife, just always keeping in contact with me and I just was just always so grateful and I remember about it might have been two years a year and a half when RHAP came to Philadelphia and Wendell and I were throwing the Bryson Wynn Presents and we really wanted like a we of course we had huge names but we really wanted like a huge like name and I remember Wendell was like you think Uncle Cliff would come I'm like I can ask him and I had reached out to Uncle Cliff and Uncle Cliff was like, absolutely, nephew, like you you tell me when and where. And so we were so excited because Uncle Cliff was supposed to come to Philly. And I'm like, yes, I can't wait till my people see my unk. But right around the time that the event happened, Uncle Cliff had some health issues that sort of kind of prevented him from going on the trip uh, or making the trip to Philadelphia. And you know me, I'm a lover. So anytime somebody tells me something like that, it kind of always just boosts my contact up with Uncle Cliff. Just to let him know I was thinking about him, let him know that I care, and just, you know, just really just showing my support as he has shown his support to me unwavering throughout the years that we have met each other. Then I was even so shocked that Uncle Cliff knew about the Purple Bears podcast and just like, you know, I was, you know, going back reading our text messages and our DMs and I just remember him saying like, you know, keep up the good job. I'm proud of you, Neff, Purple Pants podcast, and it just really kind of just warmed my heart. So I just wanted to share that story of my Uncle Cliff for the church announcements just to make sure that, you know, no, despite anything, always give people their roses while they're here. And I'm just blessed that in my relationship with Uncle Cliff that I was extremely grateful for his openness to me that just shows the type of person that he was. I am grateful that I was able to communicate to him that like I was so appreciative of him. I loved him and that he knew how I felt and I absolutely knew how he felt. And so I just wanted to tell the story to like don't judge a book by its cover. Don't always take things personal. And if you got you know something, make sure uncomfortable about 
about a person, bring it up to them because nine times out of 10, they're probably not even about you. And sometimes we need to get over ourselves. And so that was just greatly, just like, just was so heartwarming to me. And lastly, before I just end my little segment on Uncle Cliff, Uncle Cliff's family and estate did reach out to me and just let me know that they what they were doing. um, His foundation is raising money. And I just wanted to share a brief little clip about what they're doing and how if you want to help donate that you can. Now, I'm going to just read something from the website, but. The family did reach out to me and ask if I could just spread the word to the survivor community. And, you know, you asked me to spread the word. Baby boy is on it. Clifford played 18 years in the NBA, currently ranked 54 in the all time scoring list. He started his professional career with the Portland Trail Blazers, where he affectionately became known as Uncle Cliffy. Clifford was passionate about giving back. He supported many different charitable organizations using his notoriety to raise awareness and money for causes dear to his heart. Clifford's vast circle of family and friends stretched coast to coast. His warm and infectious energy made you feel so very special. His passing leaves a void in so many people's lives. Please join us in his honor to raise funds to the fight of cancer. For more information about Uncle Cliff's fundraising page, you can go to pages.lls.org or you can go to uncleclifty.com to learn more about the Uncle Cliffy initiative. And I will post those links in the information bio for this week's episode. And rest in peace to my unk. It's a man who? It's a man you? Me and potatoes like we cooking up a great stew. It's a man who? It's a man you? Me and potatoes like we cooking up a great stew. Keeping the menu rolling. I'm so excited. You know, we missed our tea last week, but listen, for sure, we are absolutely back this week with our casual tea with one of my favorite baby boys, Ahmad. What's popping? How have you? How have you been? What's going on? Word on the block is it's a lot of casual um, tea. It's a lot. There is a lot that um has gone down since we've spoken last. Um, I feel like, you know, as of recently, this game is going to start looking a lot differently than what anybody probably would have expected in the next coming weeks. So, um, yeah, I guess I'm just going to do my best to catch you guys up. And you know, keep it cute, keep it quick, and 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 just you know, yeah, this is it's a lot, y'all. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> okay, you ain't the only one. But before you get into it, I was just so excited because I was like reading a lot of the comments. And again, you know, I'm a casual viewer of Big Brother. I tried to get into it early on in the season, but typical me, I kind of sort of fell off. But this year, I fell off with good reason, not because like I was not interested. I fell off. Because I got you delivering the casual tea. <laughs> so I'm so excited that I, I've just been reading a lot of the comments and a lot of the Purple Pants Posse is saying like, yes, what you give is the perfect amount of the casual tea. You drop some knowledge, you drop some shade, you drop some tea and you keep our, our mouth moist for know what's going <laughs> on. So I just want to again, thank you so much for coming on and delivering this casual tea. But now, bitch, let's get into what's popping because it's a lot. OK, and l- let me just sip my coffee. Let me wet my whistle because I'm going to just try to hold. <laughs> back because what I've been seeing on the Twitter 
Yeah, it's uh, it's some it's some crazy stuff. So I, I I forget exactly where we left off the last time, but I'm pretty sure it was like like right before um Janelle was going to be evicted. So we do see Janelle end up leaving the game, and then in the next week, Enzo is going to end up winning HOH. Kaser, who was Janelle's not, like ride or die, who was clearly going to be the next one out, had to win that HOH, and he was this close. He was this close to winning that HOH, but Enzo was able to snatch it at the last possible second, and of course. Enzo is going to put up Kaser. Who is going to put up next to him is going to be kind of weird, though, because Christmas is just going to flat out volunteer. If anybody is familiar with Christmas, y'all know she's kind of like, I'm all down for the team. I'm all down for like the advancement of whatever alliance I'm in. So she's like, if I have to be the, the sacrificial lamb to ensure that Kaser does not end up finding a way to swing any votes his way, then I will go up on the block. So Enzo really just had like a really, really easy week because it was already a big main target to get out. He didn't even have to really nominate anybody else to burn a bridge because Christmas volunteered herself. So he actually is going to nominate Kaser and Kevin. Kevin wins the veto. Christmas volunteers to go up there. And then by a vote of 10 to nothing, Kaser is going to be the one that ends up leaving the house. Not before he gets in a couple of jabs at Cody and Danielle and Nicole, referring to them as a love triangle, which pissed Danny all the way off because oh. she is a married woman. Um, and Cody also has a girlfriend back home. Kaser really didn't mean it that way. It was just him trying to let everybody know, like, look, these three are running the house. Like, you gotta, get, you gotta take the shot at one of them get one of them out get one of them out so uh thursday's eviction show was very 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 fun to watch because Kaser really had some of these people that have been in the power positions stressed because they were like oh my god like i can't believe he would blow up our games like that i can't believe that he would say love triangle that's crazy like i can't that's so disrespectful so tasteless um so, so we're thinking okay this might be good because this might rattle them um in the next hoh and then somebody else that hasn't been in power maybe somebody like davon or somebody like ian can come in here and swoop the hoh and put the people that have been in power on the block because it's just been the same people. Danny, Cody, Memphis, Nicole, Tyler, Christmas, all these people all you know, have been in power at some point in influencing the game. So after all that, Queso leaves the house, right? Now we're at the HOH competition. It's a knockout style. So on Big Brother, one of the um, knockout competitions is interesting because it forces people to start showing their cards because what happens is Two people go up to compete, and whoever wins that round gets to choose the next two people to go up to compete. So you're essentially trying to knock people out before you leave. Mm. So some people start showing their cards. Danny just went straight for Bailey and Davon because before this week, before Kaser got evicted, Tyler went and told Bailey and Davon... Danny is coming after you, which was the truth. Danny has been throwing Bailey and Davon's name out since night one, saying that they're a pair. They've got to go. So during the HOH competition, it all but gets confirmed when she goes and puts the both of them up to compete with, with one another. Davon is able to take Bailey out, and Davon is able to survive a couple of rounds, actually. Okay. Come on, so it come comes, on, Vaughn. Come on, Vaughn. Yes. Okay, sorry. And she's, sorry, sorry. she's never... No, 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 but she, yeah, she's never, she's never won in HOH before, so we were all like waiting on bated breath, and she makes it all the way to the final round and it's her against Christmas. Mm. And Yvonne, at the last possible second, chokes and hits the wrong button. Mm. And Christmas, by default, wins mm. HOH. Let me just tell you this real quick. I've always been a fan of Thanksgiving. <laughs> now <Yeah>. go on. <laughs> I know. I think we were all kind of feeling that way. I was thinking about con- <laughs> switching over to Judaism and just doing Hanukkah from here on out. Okay, okay. Because <laughs> bitch, baby. you better light the menorah. Light the menorah. Uh, it was just so hard to watch her because we knew that there was a big chance because Danny and Nicole have also been in Christmas's ear about Bailey and Devon. So it was like they really, really needed that HOH in order to ensure that they were going to stay safe. 
but she doesn't win it. Christmas ends up winning it. Um, Bailey is going to sort of confront Danny after the HOH competition and let her know, like, look, I've been hearing from other, she doesn't, she doesn't throw Tyler's name out there. She just says, I've been hearing from some people that you have been coming after us. Of course, Danny is going to deny, 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 but it doesn't really help Bailey and Devon's case at this point because now that Danny knows that she's been exposed, she of course she's going to want them out. She's going to want them out. So she's been in Christmas's ear and now Christmas goes up. Um, and nominates both Bailey and Davon for eviction. And she makes the reasoning because Bailey told Christmas that Davon is like her untouchable, her ride or die. She's never going to put her up. So she was like, if I'm going to get Bailey out of the house, then I have to put Davon up next to her because she's a vote for her to stay and she'd be campaigning against her. So if they're put up together, then one of them will go and that's that. Preferably Bailey because she's not good for her alliance because she's coming after Danny and Danny is in her alliance and that's just, it is what it is. So mm. that's where we're at now. The veto competition also happened. Christmas won the veto competition. Mm. So it's I mean, looking I like, like... I like I like Halloween, too. I'm just going to put that out here. <laughs> <laughs> there are also, there were a few powers at play now that got introduced by this new competition. They had a competition where they had to sort of like feel around in this dark room and find the correct puzzle piece to put into slots and stuff. So Danny, Christmas, and uh, David, oh. shockingly... Won three of those powers. So Christmas, she's been on a roll. She won HOH. She won that. She won veto. Her power allows her to prevent herself or someone else from being a replacement nominee. And it's good for the next two uh, power veto ceremonies. So we'll see what she does with that. Danny's power is probably the weakest. All it does is allows um, an HOH to play in the next HOH competition because typically if you're HOH you can only play once and you can't play in the next one you have to skip a week but David's is by far the most powerful because it allows him to take over um, one of the HOH's nomination after the nomination ceremony so if he gets put on the block or if one of his allies gets put on the block he can be like oh you know what I actually want to take one of them down but the thing is like if he takes an ally down, he is still eligible to go up. He's allowed to do it in secret, but it doesn't prevent him from going up. So a lot of people were very hopeful. I was like, oh, maybe David will take one of Bailey or Davon down. But it's looking like he's probably going to want to use it for himself, which a lot makes of people sense. have come some kind of feelings about, which makes I think it makes sense. People have their feelings about it. Um, but he hasn't told anybody, at least. So a lot of people were worried that he might have spilled the beans and maybe people will try and usurp the power from him. But he's playing it smart. He hasn't said crap to anybody so bailey and davon remain on the block mm. and that's kind of where we're at as of right now um until what happened all up until yesterday but i'll let you have any questions if you have them well first my first question is have you ever had to fill around in a dark room for some objects before or that's just you know i don't think so <laughs> um maybe <laughs> maybe once or twice okay, um just, just checking just you know had to check now uh, now <laughs> Now, I have some questions because now you said David got the, the best one because after someone gets put up, he mm -hmm. can replace them. And I guess what's more importantly is after the vote. Now, normally it's only he can only use that if he's HOH. Is that right? Or am I like hearing that wrong? He can use it whenever. I mean, if so you he are could HOH, just be on the would... sideline and then say, you know what? Nope, I don't want Devon to go. I'm going to put Ian in. And then. Correct. If he puts Ian in, then there's still an opportunity for someone to then vote Ian or not choose Ian, and then they can vote him up. Is that how it works? So what I'm saying is he can take down an, a nominee, but he can't replace the nominee. The HOH will still be able oh, to do it. Oh, they still have to vote. Okay, good, 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 good. So yes. yeah, it's, 
it's just better for himself because if he was put up there and takes himself down, then he can't be put back up. But if he takes somebody like Devon or Bailey down, then they could put him back up. Which probably might be what could happen. So I understand like why David wouldn't want to do it because Christmas wants Bailey out and to probably to ensure that she would probably have to put somebody else up like David who no one really wants to see go yet just to ensure it. So like it really would sort of like be uh, a bit of a waste for him. In my mind, if his goal is to get Bailey and Avon off the block, it really, it, one of them would probably still go home. So it doesn't really accomplish it. So, so right, was, why waste it if they yeah. just don't go home? And then another question before you spoke, get into some more tea is, what baby boy Ian been doing? Because I ain't really heard nothing about Ian. What, what he been up to? He's still been laying low? So he actually did poke his head above ground um, right before Casey's eviction. So the day, like the day before, I think it was on Wednesday, he was cluing in uh, Bailey onto the fact that he was pretty sure that, uh, uh, Nicole, because he has a ride or die with Nicole because they're, they're both the only winners in the cast. So they're trying to look out for each other. But oh, so I missed, I, I forgot a huge section of this. So last week there was also a wall yeller. So people, fandom's a big brother. They Some of them go a little overboard sometimes and they go over to CBS Studios, get a megaphone from across the river and yell into the backyard. Oh! Help. Exactly. Wait, hold so on. Some, wait, 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 wait. Yes, so wait, it's so crazy. This is, this is not a part of the game. This is just some random fan with a megaphone. This is some random fan with a megaphone that is not liking the progression of the season. Ah, I, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't believe I forgot minute. about this. <laughs> wait a minute. So you telling me, first of all, was it you? It was not me. I am in Philadelphia. Okay. I am not here. <laughs> okay. Just so. Okay. So wait, that's almost kind of like amazing a little bit, but I'm assuming CBS does not like that. CBS does not like it and I gotta tell you I'm not a big fan of it either so like okay so we saw because the person on tw- the person that did it was on Twitter and they said uh, they they, post, they posted a picture of like their, their hand holding a microphone and they were like okay I'm sick of this shit I wanna do something in this game like what should I what should I yell and then Evil Dick a, another big famous alumni from the show went ahead and quoted that tweet saying say something about Cody and Nicole running the game and so that's exactly what happened and go on the feeds later that day where you can hear faintly as they're in the backyard Cody and Nicole are running the game. Cody and Nicole are running the game. And then the feeds cut for like 10 something hours or something like that. Oh. Um, was Devon the one to hear it? Because you know Devon always keep her ear to the streets. So I think Christmas was out there. Memphis was out there. I think Cody was out there. So a few people heard it. And then so naturally it did spread. So this is all to say once Ian figured this out and Ian realized, okay, so once Kaser is gone, I'm probably like, I might be a next target. Like, I don't know if I can really trust Nicole anymore, especially considering what I heard. So he did sort of like try and make something happen um, by, you know, telling Bailey about, you know, Cody and all that stuff. And he also told Kevin about it. So he did do a little bit of work. But then, of course, Christmas wins HOH and so he kind of has to go right back to Nicole and be like oh I was you know that I, that I didn't mean any of that stuff so like he's kind of playing dead again but he was sort of like trying to start something if Bailey or or Devon would have won that HOH Ian probably would might have been trying to play a little bit more actively this time around mm. yeah and they call and lot. they call him a wall walker they call him wall yellers but yeah wall walker could work oh. too <laughs> okay Check it's out, crazy listen. You might hear purple pants podcast. Okay, listen, I can't guarantee, I can't confirm or deny if that was me. If y'all hear that wall walker, <laughs> I mean, it's a big debate right now about like, what do we like the wall yeller? Do we not? I I'm kind of more anti wall yeller because of the fact that if you give 
people incentive to go over to the wall because they don't like what's going on in the season to expose somebody, then what's to stop them from doing it against a player that you like? You know what I mean? Because now, now it's just going to be, you know, people trying to, you know, get each other's faves out and it's just like okay well this doesn't be this is a different game now i mean yeah, I, okay sub so i'm not a you know big 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 brother fan like you i'm a newbie but i don't know why i like this concept of the wall walker i it <laughs> it kind of like spices things up a little bit i almost feel like cbs should embrace it and they should allow like top fans once a week to go over to the wall and yell something because I feel like it really could spice the game up. Now, mind you, I'm sure people will be like, no, that's horrible idea, Bryce. But I like a spice up, especially when it's the same old, same old mm-hmm. happening on Big Brother a little bit. So, I mean, and it's just information. So it's like they, if the alliance is truly in power, then nothing will happen. But I don't know. I feel like it just, it adds a little like, you know, um, I don't want to say soy sauce, but it adds a little Kanye <laughs> pepper to the, to, to the big cayenne, brother. Little spice, Kai- little oh. cumin, little coriander. Okay. coriander. Yeah, you know, little seasoning salt, little lemon pepper or something. <laughs> yeah, some little lorries. I, ah! I, I, I feel you. I really do. And I understand because, like, you know, it's the game was becoming a bit monotonous. I mean, the same people are, were in power and, like, the, the targets that we knew were going to get get gone are, are leaving. So, like, I understand, like, wanting to switch things up. But the the problem for me is, like I said, like, you 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 can never really control what a wall yeller is going to say. Well, so, right. Like, if, so, if, if it... I feel like it should work both ways because it's like you, it could work for who you're rooting for and it couldn't work. So I feel like it's a, a, a variable factor that you can't control. I mean, I mean, there have definitely been similar concepts in other sorts of games like these that I've seen. Like, I mean, you played Sequester. You're, you're aware of the round where Audrey will start, you know, recording you guys as you're speaking and then just playing it over the loudspeaker so everybody can hear your stuff. So, I mean, there's definitely an element of like, okay, this is sort of like a, a meta game twist type deal. I, like, I, and I, you know, maybe, maybe CBS would want to consider doing something like this as like a, an official twist to like, you know, see if it can just spice some stuff, some things up. I, you know, I would just, I would much rather be CBS doing that as opposed to just random people saying whatever because <laughs> you never know what they're going to hear anyway because sometimes I- it comes through loud and clear, but some Sometimes it might not get hurt all the way, and then it has the complete opposite effect of what you wanted it to do. So, well, right. And I feel like if I was in Big Brother, I would use that. Ch- I would just pretend like it was a wall walker. I'd be like, oh, bitch, listen, I didn't hear Ethan is out in here working with Christmas, and they're trying to get us all out. So I feel like it's all how you play the game, not let the game play you. So you could keep your salt and pepper. I'm going to get my Lowry's and spice this shit <laughs> on or up, okay? <laughs> I mean, that's true. I mean, and it's, it's definitely happened in the past. I mean, people have used, like, because people have sent Bryce, these fans are crazy. People have yelled over the wall. People have purchased planes with banners on them to fly oh, no. them oh, over. No. Oh, no. See, no. See, see, that's a social economic thing, okay, bitch? Because it ain't no way I'm hiring a plane, okay, to write purple. Nope. See, I'm fine with the, I'm fine with the regular degular bullhorn, okay? Now, the plane, the plane should be illegal. <laughs> I mean, look, apparently there have been, like, local uh, airplane companies or whatever that have, like, <laughs> caught on to the fact that people are doing this for, like, to, to fly over Big Brother, and they're, like, trying to stop that from happening now, so it's crazy, but, like, it, it's definitely been, it's happened in the past, where they'll try and use, they're like, oh, I saw a banner outside, and it said this, that, and the third, and it was like, there was no damn banner outside, so it's used, it's been used before, so and it, it, but yeah, it just gets out of hand real fast because the the other bit of tea that I was going to give you is that it happened again last night. Oh, oh. So why 
you holding on to that? Tell me what they said. So we don't think that it was heard that well because people. So Cody was outside this time when it when it started happening. Did they Cody post it on started, Twitter too? I I haven't seen it on Twitter yet. I still need to go back and watch it myself. I don't uh. know. If the, I don't know if the feeds cut. Because they like to cut the feeds when this kind of stuff happens. But Cody did start yelling over it so that no one would hear what they were saying. Because at, the, at this point, they're kind of like over it. They're like, oh, my God. Like, how many more wall yellers? <laughs> and, on top, and on top of that, like, something that's kind of, like, shitty is that, like, once it happens, they send the house guests into lockdown. And they lock them inside the house. So then now you, you now they're not allowed outside for a given amount of time. And it's like, okay, well, that kind of sucks. Because now they, they're going to go crazy being stuck in that house. At least, you know, at least let, let them be outside. But they can't do that if there's going to be wall yellers. So, but what the, what the wall yellers said was that like Tyler and Christmas have a final two deal David has the power which I was pissed off about because it's like oh man like he was he was holding on to that but I don't think anybody really heard it this time they they said that they heard the word power maybe heard a name or two but then no one was able to really put this together because CBS has security outside now that is keeping these wallers away so I don't think this one was a little bit more benign. So I don't know if that's this this one had the desired effect, but who knows if somebody's going to try and do it again today? Who knows at this point? Oh, it's crazy. I'm, I'm here for the wall walkers. Now listen, <laughs> has anybody ever jumped out of a helicopter with a parachute and landed in a backyard and been like, David got the power? And then <laughs> has that ever happened? <laughs> No, but now that you have suggested it, I, I will not be surprised if something like this happens in BB23. I listen, will not be surprised they, at all. They better say uh, Bryson Amon is spilling the tea or casual, on the casual tea on the Purple Bears podcast. Okay. I mean, people have flown drones over the house, too, uh, so... Uh, see, now the drone is creepy, okay? I don't do the drone. The, now, the, now the drones is taking us to the next level. <laughs> Human beings are fine, but drones are drones. Human are a beings too. are fine, but I draw the line at a drone. <laughs> I mean, this is this is uh, this is. I will say that you have turned me around just a smidgen. On just the water because yellers. I feel like it's it spices it up a little bit, and especially if again it's a twist that you don't you can't control. It might work against you or work for you. But I also feel like for me, however, I can see your point that it's annoying and. And it is unhelpful to some of the players, but at the same time, I feel like it's fan engagement during this COVID time. Like, what else? To, like, what else we got to do? Right, right. People just want to see something spice up the game. Right, they want to spice up the game. Now, let me talk to you about some tea that I had heard that I li- listened that I saw a lot of people were up in arms about, and I need to know your opinion because you know you give it to me real straight, and you're not like crazy. You crazy, but you're not crazy like how I am because you seem to be very <laughs> level headed. Now. I saw a lot of tweets on the Twitter uh, this morning and last night and a couple of days ago about after Miss... What do I want to call her? Because I was a fan of hers until this, but like, what's the... um After Miss... Labor Day? What? Yeah, <laughs> last, last. Okay. After Miss Labor Day, I don't know if she was talking to Coco Caliente, but talking about how she was scared after she voted up yes. Day Day and Bebe, talking about she was going to get shot. Now, when people talk about microaggressions and talk about things of that nature and people always act oblivious. Now, for me, that's where I draw the line at because it's like, bitch, what are you insinuating, Miss Mamas? Because... I, like, I, I don't like that. And the last time I checked, girl, you was the only one in the house that had a criminal uh, a background. Mm-hmm. 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 So I'm just trying to figure out what the T is, Miss Halloween, because I don't like that. Now, I want to give people the benefit of the doubt. But I mean, nowadays, like, come on, girl, you want Big Brother. You know what the T is like. So give me the T on how the, the Big Brother fandom has been reacting to things like that. 
So, I mean, this is sort of like part of the course. And, and that's, it sounds so sad to say that, but we've seen, we've seen it season after season. And not only just, you know, not only just Big Brother, but you know, with Survivor as well. Like, you know that more than anybody. So it's, it's, it's disheartening, especially considering that apparently this cast, before they went into the house, they went, they underwent some implicit bias training so that things like this would not happen. You know what I mean? So you would think that, uh, you would think that Christmas would have thought twice about she said something about saying something like I'm going to get shot especially in regards to a black house guest and I talked about this on Twitter a little bit because I feel like a lot of people just don't understand right they don't the, get it they don't they don't yeah what that implies the fact that there are now there are two minority females and you are implying because you nominated them that you're going to get shot and that correlates to a lot that can correlate to angry black females that can correlate to black people with gangs that correlates yep. to black people yep. being aggressive that just correlates to a whole lot and so i also saw people be like you're blowing it out of proportion no you're not blowing it out of proportion when this is how people of non-color feel and then when we get stopped by the police this is they feeling that they have when they're shooting us because we get in our wallet so this is how it Ooh, let me hold on wait tonight it's, eight, it's, seven, it's, it's 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 no you're so right because like it's just that thing where people naturally associate black people with violence and it's that's something that you have to you have to unlearn that's something that bailey and davon can't do anything about right and always people always say you're blowing it out of proportion when no. it comes to microaggressions and i'm like do you understand what the word micro means Come it on. means that it's a small bit by bit insidious thing so of course to the naked eye it's going to be it's for for someone to make the jump between getting shot and saying oh well christmas is a racist of course to y'all it's going to seem like we're blowing it out of proportion but what we're what we're trying to say is there is a there is an implicit bias baked mm. within that comment right. that you might not understand because you're not thinking about it because you don't you don't you don't have to think about it you know all the time consciously because you maybe you maybe you don't have a lot of black people in your life so it's something that you don't think about on the regular but it's an issue and it happens everywhere because it's and it's it's damaging when it's on a national platform like big brother because what it does is it kind of reinforces the things that people are already going to think about to begin with so i mean i had a conversation with a coworker. i'm not going to put this guy on blast because i'm not trying to demonize anybody but this is a white man this is somebody that doesn't even really watch the feeds. He just sort of like sticks with the main edit. And he's aware of the fact that Bailey and Davon are on the block. And he was like, yeah, you know, I feel like Davon kind of like, I don't know how I feel about her. I feel like she's just a little bit too aggressive. This is somebody that just watches the edit. So I'm like, where did you get any of that? Where in any of Davon's edit would you get aggressive? So it's like this, this stuff happens day to day, folks. It's not... Right. But it's not, not saying she's a strategic player. She's actually a real, like, you know what I'm mean? like? It, you're exactly. not using those adjectives. You're using the adjectives synonymous with what people already say. And it's like those comments like that. And, and with microaggressions, the thing that bothers me so much about them is that like, not only does it reinforce things, but it normalizes it. It like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's just like, oh, I've heard that before. Oh, I know that before. Oh, so when I come in contact with a black person, I'm a police. I've already got these things in my my head yep. so it's like oh let me pull yep. let me get my trigger or yep. my gun ready but god forbid if it's a police officer pulling over a white man the white man can get out the car the white man can get in your face the white man can like you know all of this stuff and to them uh, he's just he's just got a difference of opinion mm-hmm yep See, and it's, it's, yeah, and I I echo so hard what you said. Like, it just, it just normalizes the thought process. So, like, every time, like, every season when you see some, when you see a black person on on the cast or a person of color, 
like it's are you just gonna keep saying the same stuff like oh my god like right. I, I'm, go- I'm gonna get I'm gonna get shot or I'm gonna get this that and the third it's just it's just annoying to have to hear like and if you're not black or if you're not akin to this like if there's something that you don't have to think about you're not gonna see it at first and, and I feel like people f- always feel like we're just trying to get people to, to like feel like we're race mongering no we're not it's, it's not we're just and, trying to point out you know the clear patterns yes, that like happen po- here and for me I'm not calling I'm not calling Christmas a racist like that I've never right. said that but right. for me this is so this is what like these like diversity trainings and like this is where I feel like it lacks because the problem is is that it's unplicit bias so it's like she didn't even think twice about it like and, and mm-hmm. for me that's the issue like she does not think that she said anything wrong in that moment like you know she was mm-hmm. just like a little upset and a little mad but and and that for me is like how can we reach someone to say that like mm-hmm. okay listen it's 2020 mm-hmm. it's an election year we got people stoking these fires like just something like that is not cool mm-hmm. and again i don't think the mob of everybody coming for her is the correct way to handle it now am i mad at the mob for coming for her no but it we just have to get to a place where we can call them out and say like mm-hmm. hey you need to think twice about this because like this is actually what perpetuates what puts people in this mind and it, it, it just literally is so disheartening and I saw so many people like you know just like ah, oh, I can't take I can't watch the show and like but you know for me it's like I like opportunities like this especially mm-hmm. on a platform like this because it's like listen so hey I. this is what we are talking about like mm-hmm. for me it's like I become a wall walker and I'm like this <laughs> is a micro aggression <laughs> yeah we had a bullhorn that would just like that would just go off in the house every single time someone was being micro microaggressive. Like, do you like that? Yes, yes. Run us, like, run, run us our check, CBS. Okay, mm-hmm. because that's what needs to happen. And it's and it's like and it's like okay. So it's also to the point where a lot of people are like, well, what are like what are they supposed to do? Like, if if all this stuff is like uh, apparently like microaggressive towards to- Billy and Devon, are you just trying to say, oh, well, they that that black people can just never be nominated in the game? Or are you just trying no. to say that they have to make it all the way to the end? It's like, no, that's not what we're saying. We're just saying like when you're when you're putting people up. And part of that reasoning is because you like because you think that you're going to get shot or whatever. That's an issue. Right. That's an issue. If Bailey, because I mean, because Christmas is kind of, I mean, I still kind of question Christmas on this because I don't necessarily know if this was the best move for her to make because she was sleeping in the same room with Bailey and Davon for two weeks at a time. And it looked like they were like really in a good spot. So I don't know if this is probably the best uh, decision strategically. I know, but she was correct in that. Bailey and Devon are not in the alliance that Christmas has gone for her. So if if Bailey and Devon are coming for one of her alliance members, fine. I get the logic. Put them up. They're not in your alliance. It really doesn't skin right. off your nose. It's also going to appease your alliance because all of them want them out. So like you really were like kind of forced into doing it. I get it. I want people to. But why not that say I'm- that? Why not say that? Like that. Exactly. Like that's what. Like that's what I. Uh, and it, I, again, because I mean, we're in this. Everyone's heightened. Everyone's sensitivity is like, oh, it's like no. I ain't mad at you putting the two sisters up because. It, it, but say your reasoning say why say listen they coming from my alliance member and listen they're never going to vote for each other and they're both strong strategic players and i'm playing to win mm-hmm. so but no you put no. them up and child you scared you won't get shot okay listen it's 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 oh, it's annoying 
But the last little bit of development that I will Ouch, clue you guys in on is that as of last night, because, okay, so like, remember when I said that Tyler went and told Bailey and Devon that Danny was coming after them? Mm-hmm. Okay, so Tyler now, I guess, is feeling an immense amount of guilt oh. because Bailey and Devon ended up on the block and he feels like he might have been, that he was part of the reason. Well, he was part of the reason why. I mean, Bailey going to Danny and telling her that she heard that she was coming after her certainly was not the best move to make by Bailey. I want people to understand that I understand and that that was definitely Bailey's fault for doing that. You should have kept that information close to your chest and you should, there was no reason for you to out yourself to Danny. That was kind of, that was silly. But after Christmas won HOH and was having a conversation with Tyler because those two have a final two together and Christmas was like, yeah, I think Bailey and Devon are probably the best option. Tyler was like all for it. He was like, yep, go ahead, put them up. Like, there was like no if, ands, or buts. Even after like reconciling with them and everything, he's just like, you know what, it's fine, put him up. So he definitely has a, was a, has a, you know, a say in this matter. But I guess now all the guilt is coming to him. Him and Bailey had a really, really tenuous relationship on BB20. It ended up in a really, really nasty blow up. Um, so there's a lot of like hurt baggage still left over. And so I feel like he probably wanted to come into the season trying to mend his relationship with Bailey. And now that Bailey is the intended target and he had no choice other than to vote for her, he's probably realizing just how crappy it was going to make him look. And I feel like it, on top of that, he's just not having a good time the way that he was this time around. He doesn't really have like the same kind of relationships that he has um during BB20. I feel like his heart is just like falling out of the game on top of that he would like to help out Bailey and Devon in you know making them get further in the game because they didn't get far last time and so all of this is compounding on him to the point now where he went to Bailey and Devon last night and said look I think I kind of just want to step back I'm not really having a good time this time around I want to see the two of you get further I'm going to go to Christmas ask her to use the veto on one of you and throw me up and throw me up in her in in one of your spots. He then goes to Christmas in the, in his HOH room. They're in there for like an hour and a half. The feeds do not show us any of the conversation because I think that CBS is just trying to control this narrative as much as possible. But as of right now, as of this Monday morning of this recording, it looks like Tyler might be quitting and might be asking Christmas to throw him up there, and Tyler might be the one to go. So this game so, sort of just turned completely on its axis, and we don't really so, know what the hell's going to happen now. It, it, he's trying to nominate himself. As tribute, essentially, he just he uh, he. I, I think it's both. I think he's he's tired of like he's not having the, the same experience that he had the last time. I think he feels guilty about the fact that Bailey and Devon are on the block because he knows that fans are probably going to uh, trash him when he gets out of the house because he's like, oh, well, you said that you wanted to work with Bailey and then you had no problem with Christmas putting her up and all that. So like, I feel like he's just like, you know what? I don't know if this is like worth it for me anymore to like really even be in this game because I feel like I can't play the game that I want to play, and so I feel like he's just mentally just checked the hell out so i got a question for you because now my mind is like i'm kind of torn a part of me is like yes go ahead do that save my girls Mm -hmm. but at the same time i also feel like i don't want like i don't know i I feel this and, and maybe you can help me articulate what i'm trying to say is that like at the same time i definitely don't want day day or uh von von to go home but at the same time, <laughs> I don't want nothing given to them. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't want, I don't, it, like, I don't want for them to someone to turn around and be like, well, child, you only in the game. Cause Ty, like, you know what I mean? Cause Tyler used his privilege to like, so I don't know. It's like that kind of. I don't know. I don't know how I feel yeah, about it. I feel similarly. I, I, I worry more about like, the fans because we know that some of these fans are ruthless and so they're going to think they're going to say I mean I've already gotten into it a little bit today this morning because oh this morning before we recorded we recorded or this morning so you was on the twi- see this is not uh, see see are you sure you're not the wall walker <laughs> 
I wish. I wish I was, because I would have said something f- much more enticing for some of these players than what we've gotten thus far. But uh, yeah, I mean, I did because I, I feel like uh, people are going to blame Bailey and Davon for this and be like, I, like they are using this whole uh, agenda of wanting to see more black people last longer in the game into guilting Tyler into dropping out when really Tyler was the one that came to them. Tyler did this. This had nothing to do with Bailey and Davon. And do you really expect for Bailey and Davon to sit here and be like, oh no, Tyler, don't sacrifice yourself for me. Don't, like, I, 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 you, you need to stay. You need to stay. Like, who in their right mind is going to allow someone that wants to leave over them not leave over them? You know what right. I mean? So I just feel like this is, I just, and I for- worry about the fan backlash that it's going to get. Um, because I don't want Bailey and Devon to, to, to be, to, you know, to get the brunt of it just because right. Tyler and- decided that he was done. And for me, if you're voting Day Day and Bebe off for good reason, what like you should be able to stand in good conscience. Like, mm-hmm. oh well, if you got like if if this is my thing for Tyler, if you came to play despite what season twenty two a you and Bebe had, okay, this is season wait twenty five, right? 22. You were right. Uh, child, I'm always adding. Okay, wait. So wait, we're <laughs> se- wait season 22, right? If if you are coming, this is my thing. Like, and this is another thing. I don't like players that come on shows to just get more clout, bitch. I like players to come on the show to fucking win. So that's just point blank period. So mm-hmm. if you are coming on the show to win, despite whatever you and Bebe had in the past, you tried to make it work. But obviously, if there are good reasons to put both of them up on the block because they're never going to vote for each other because they are strategic because they do keep their ear to the street because they are great players then okay stand in that then then you be you should be able mm-hmm. to stand in that child i don't want no sympathy dropout you can miss me with that i think he's really just i think he's worried about what it's like i think he's worried about the fans i mean it's no secret tyler has been kind of vocal this season about how you know twitter like just sh- like just shredded him to parts to bits the last time around that he was like after he came out of the house and a lot and then of course i mean i don't know if we've talked about this on the show before i don't know if you were aware of this but when bailey was in the house she unfortunately did have a miscarriage And so a lot of people liken all of the stress that she underwent, especially after the blow up with Tyler. A lot of people associate that stuff together. I'm in I mean, I wouldn't, I'm not sure if I would go that far. I don't think I would blame Tyler for um, the unfortunate thing that happened to her, but a lot of people, but at the end of the day, I think that that's something that like the both of them associate their blow up with that misfortune. You know what I mean? And so I feel like, I feel like Tyler is just afraid of like, sending her out of this house again and then having to deal with all of that over again. I feel like he's just mentally, I feel like he just doesn't want to deal with it anymore. And so he would much rather just have them stay in the house and play and take himself out of it. And I, and I, and I get that I do, but I mean, at the same time, I so I feel similarly to you in that, like, if you, if you, okay, if you're having this sudden change of heart and you want these two to do, to do well in this game and you want to help them get there, this scramble much, with them, right? Exactly. Right I would much, I would much rather you, you know, ask, Christmas to take somebody we'll take one of them off the block and then backdoor somebody like Danny take a target out that you know is coming for them help them but I think at this point I think it's this is the last this is the fifth elimination this is the fifth eviction after this everyone else makes jury so I feel like at this point I feel like he thinks that his game is just not in a good spot where he can win it anymore and so he's like I would rather just take myself out have both of them stay that way I don't have to be stuck in jury and I can just go home and be with Angela for the rest of
of the season. That's where I feel like his mindset is at right now. Is it like the best thing for Bailey and Devon? I mean, it certainly helps because they're both staying. You know, they'd both be staying. I don't necessarily know if it sets them up, sets them up in the long run. I still do worry that they might just be targets numero uno and dos. So I don't know. But I mean, it's just, it's a very mixed bag of feelings. So I'm right, I'm right there with you. I don't really know where I fall on it yet. I, I mean, I, if Tyler is like mentally done, mental health first, fine, leave. But at the same time, like, I just, I'm worried that Bailey and Devon might not be in a good spot. And I'm, I'm just, I'm just nervous. I don't want to have to go through another week <laughs> of the right. both of them, like on the block again. You know what I mean? And that might not happen. It might not. It might not. So maybe this will be a really, a, a, you know, a, a second life in this game for the both of them. And, and we'll see. But I'm just, it's, yeah, it's a mixed bag. It's a real mixed bag. Whew, it's a lot. But I mean, at the same time, it's just like, I want players to play. But mm-hmm. at the same time, mental health is real. And this, another thing where, you know, even in my diversity, uh, call in, to CBS was that we need more mental health training before and after uh, these shows because it is a whirlwind for these players and I would like the players to be able to be prepared for things like this going into the show and going out of the show Uh, but I definitely don't want I, I definitely I'm assuming Big Brother is like Survivor in the sense of we don't like quitters and mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. I feel like you will be, you're trying to be a martyr for the cause, but I like, I, 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 I like, I don't know. For me personally, I don't want to hand out. Like, if this is what y'all decided to do because it was good for your game, then let it rock out. But if there was not, if there is more to what we are understanding and to what we think we know, then maybe you should do that. But for me, I don't want no handout. Like, I, I want to win on my own merit and my own right. And that's just kind of how I feel about the situation. But I know it's a, a touchy situation and I don't really know much about Tyler. But, I mean, yeah, I don't know. But I just love yeah. how this the casual tea just ain't really the casual tea because it just has you thinking so much more yeah. about and just <laughs> other ways. And so I know people might not, might not tune in for that. But, oh, well, this is what you get when you get the casual tea with your baby. This was like, yeah, and I was like, damn, like, I don't know how I'm going to be able to, like, make this, like, uh, you know, you know, bite this, like, into bite size, you know, bits of information, because this was sort of like a heavy week, because so much happened that went down that I was like, you kind of just have to go through and explain it fully, and like, yeah, it's... It's a lot, man. Like, it, I just, it's been an emotional roller coaster for me because I'm such a, I'm such a huge Davon fan. I wanted that win for her so much. So to see her get so close to getting that HOH and then she didn't win and then she got put on the block and then Christmas is saying that's, that stupid stuff. And then Christmas wins veto again. And then David could possibly save one of them or probably won't. And then now, now Tyler wants to quit. It's just this week has just like, I, w- I would never have guessed that this week would go this way. Um, but I'm trying, but like you said before, I'm trying to, I'm trying to approach this with kindness because I don't, I, I, I don't want da- Bailey and Davon to get any kind of vitriol for Tyler quitting. I also don't want Tyler to come out of the house to vitriol saying that he's like, oh, you're just, you're just doing this to, to, re- to repair your image because if he just wants to get out, if he just, if he's done and he's done with this game, then fine. Because I, I don't know what it's like to be in that house. I've, you know, I don't know what, it could, uh, but people, this is not the first time that someone has tried to quit from Big Brother. So I just know that it's a stressful ass environment in there. And if you got to go, then go. Yeah, no, you know what I mean? Sure, right. But yeah, I mean, but yeah. it does taint. It does taint the image of the game now because it's like, oh well, are you just gonna? Are we just gonna keep saying that Bailey and Devon are only here because Tyler quit and not because of, it's just there's just so right. it's just so much. It's so it's much. It's like a, a, a double edged sword for them because then it's like if they do remain, then it's like, oh, child, you ain't really, you ain't really deserve it. They like you know, so it, yeah, and. A, it, 
another thing to this is that like Tyler doesn't Tyler didn't want anybody else to know about this so Bailey and Devon of course know and he talked to Christmas about it but he asked I'm assuming he asked Christmas not to say anything because we, we don't really know for sure because they wouldn't let us see on the feeds and when Christmas was talking to Danny and Nicole afterwards because Danny was so Danny was like oh my god I'm getting backdoored he's up there with Christmas for too long he's telling it he's telling her to take one of them off and put me up there I'm getting backdoored I'm getting backdoored and when Danny and Nicole go up to Christmas's room to talk Christmas says nothing about what just happened so they no no one in the house except Christmas Tyler Danny excuse me uh, Davon and Bailey know what's about to happen today if it happens at the veto ceremony and so like I'm just wondering what the story is going to be here because it, are, they, are they trying to make it seem like it's going to be a mastermind edit like it's like oh Davon did something that made Christmas want to backdoor Tyler or is Tyler just going to come clean and be like I just want to be out of here I'm done. And then what what does that do going into the game later on? Like, how is that going to set up everybody's mindset afterwards? That's what I'm going to be interested to see. So it's, whoo, it's a lot. It's a lot. Listen, where the wall walk is at when you need them. Okay. (laughs) Well, this was definitely a lot. This was definitely uh, something to think about. And this was definitely another great casualty. I can't thank you enough. Can I? So, yeah. So I guess... I have to wait until the next time we got the casual tea to break mm-hmm. this down. But thank you so much for breaking this tea down for me because it's, I truly like, I don't even really get into the, the, the big brother. I just like to Twitter and talk to you for me. That's like my excitement. <laughs> so yes, please stay vigilant, stay in the shower, watching the live feeds and make sure you bring it all back for the casual tea. Yes. It's a purple pants, it's a purple pants, it's a purple pants promotion. It's a purple pants promotion. Purple pants promotion. Yes! Welcome to the first edition of the Purple Pants Promotions, baby! So listen, this is a new segment that I want to try out because I'm always trying new products, new services out. And listen, if I find something that I like, I want to make sure that I bring it to the posse! So listen... In our first installment of the Purple Pants Promotions, I've got a little thing that I want to talk about recently. I talked about it when I was on with Robert, uh, you know, bringing in the Zaddy calendar. And I just literally posted some photos to my Instagram about this. But I'm even more excited because besides the photos, I actually video docu- documented my experience of this. And so, have anyone ever heard of sugar in? You better get you some sugar. So, it's a hair removal process. It's like waxing, but it's sugaring. And one of the Purple Pants Posse members in Philadelphia has this salon called the Sugar Bar Salon in Philadelphia. And they DM me and were like, I heard you talking about Nair. And I know that it's not really great for your skin. You should try some sugaring. At first I said, now wait a minute. I don't know about this little sugaring. Look like it could hurt. But they're like, no, it's really great for your skin. It's exfoliating for your skin. And if you continue to do it long enough, like your hair won't, won't grow back. And so, you know, I don't mind me a little nair and a little vite, you know, because it's easy. But the hair does grow back. I was nervous about this whole process. And by the time this podcast comes out. 
out on my Instagram, I've uploaded about a six minute video documenting my experience of going through the whole sugaring. Now, listen, okay, I was a little nervous about this video because, you know, I got my derriere, you know, I got my backside, you know, sugared because, you know, I like to be hairless. I like a little skinny back. Okay, with some, you know, hairless, you know, you just never know. You know, you just, you just always got to be ready. No, seriously. So make sure you go to my Instagram, Bryce Isaiah, and check that video out. But I just wanted to talk about the Sugar Bear, Sugar, I keep saying Bear, Sugar Bar Salon in Philadelphia. The staff there was so friendly. Uh, I was a little nervous, a little anxious. They were COVID friendly. When you get to the salon, they take your temperature. You know, they got cocktails to lower the anxiety. You know, your baby boy loves that. But it was just really overall a great experience. Did it hurt? It hurt a little bit. But the results afterwards were amazing. I got that done maybe like, mm, I'd say almost two and a half weeks ago, and my skin is still soft in the back. Now, I have like nared my legs since, but my backside is still really hairless. So, I don't know if any of you guys have ever got waxing done. They say the waxing isn't really good for your skin. The hot wax can burn you. Well, listen, the sugar ain't, it's not hot. It's literally lukewarm, and the process is like super relaxing and super chill. You can get any part of your body done. Ladies, if you want bikini wax, you can get that done. Guys, if you want your underarms, your chest, your legs, your boots, hey, like how I got done, you can get that done. So I just want to just put that out there that the Sugar Bar Salon in Philadelphia is a great place that you should stop by. And listen, if you ever in the Philadelphia area, listen, hit them up. Or if you have a sugaring salon in your local area, I highly recommend you try this. Again, I was nervous about getting some sugar. But it really was such a great experience. It didn't hurt. And again, the staff at the Sugar Bar Salon was amazing. So, if you guys are interested in trying it out, listen, just go to sugarbar.salon, click them on Instagram, follow them, call them up. You got questions, they can answer it. And because you know your baby boy is always looking out for the posse, if you decide to go to the Sugar Bar Salon in Philadelphia, listen, let them know Bryce from the Purple Pants Podcast sent you. And listen, you're going to get 10% off your first sugaring experience. Okay, thank me later. Now, make sure you get about four or five cocktails, okay? Make it worth your time. So that's going to conclude our first purple pants promotions. I really want to like try just different products and stuff that, you know, is health and wellness. You know, I'm a runner, different stuff that can really help. So if you have a product, you work for a company that you think, you know, listen, wait a minute. I think you can get on the purple pants productions. I think Bryce might be able to, you know, first of all, if it's something that is can benefit the greater good of the posse, I'm here for it. But listen, you know something you think I should try something. You've tried something that you think I should try. Listen, you got something on Amazon that you like. Let me know. I buy it. Okay. Let, let me know. You can send it to your baby boy. Any of that, listen, I'm here for it because I'm just all about spreading my wealth and my knowledge. So what's the tea? Make sure you guys can just email me at purplepantspodcast at gmail.com. Yes. Puh, puh, puh.
I said it's a pu pu pu. I said it's a pu pu pu. I said it's a purple pants premonition. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Purple Pants Premonitions. It's your boy Gangsta Gray back, 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 back again with your forecast for the month of September. I know it's been quite some time. If you are new here, Purple Pants Premonitions is where I come and give you a little forecast based on what's happening astrologically and what may be happening as far as your spiritual self is concerned. So as we are coming into the month of September, we know that we have experienced the full moon in Pisces. Full moon in Pisces transited on September second around one in the morning if you are on the east coast and this moon is all about the transformation of your emotions and the transformation of how you feel yourself being a little bit more present in your conversations so over the next couple of weeks how are you noticing, you know, your intuition kind of kick in when you're like, oh, I need to talk to this person about something. I need to let this go. I've changed. Like I'm letting things kind of like move on, right? This is a moment where you are reminding yourself that nothing is yet set in stone. So the first piece of advice is to be reminded that things are ever moving. Things are ever changing. You are at the end of something really large that's taking place in your life. So I want you to take a little bit of time to reflect on how this summer was for you. And I want you to think about what are some of the things that you you learn? What are some of the things that you experience? And what is like that one last thing you're like, okay, I've overcome this hump and now I'm ready for a new beginning. I know I'm ready to take off. I imagine it like, you know, school is starting. The kids are getting back into their education routine and stuff like that, starting something brand new. And so are you. Nothing is yet set in stone. So allow yourself to go with the flow, which is represented in the mutable moon coming from the Moonology deck by Yasmin Bolin. So this is a reminder that going with the flow, allowing the waves to kind of like take you on is the most important thing that you probably have learned over the course of this summer and reminding yourself that, hey, things are ever changing. I'm just moving with what's coming my way. So what's a situation? What's a moment that you have had to recognize like me putting energy into this is actually taking away from me. As we continue on into the month of September, the three cards that come out as advice are the new beginnings card, the mental conflict card and the disruption card in reverse. So you are at the time or a moment in your life where something is wanting to start anew. I think of it for myself as how do I want to bring myself into the public forum a little bit more, a little bit differently? Like, what am I sharing? Am I writing? Am I making videos? How do I want to bring my voice to the forefront? We also are at a new beginning at a global level. People are communicating differently. People are having to operate at a very different level on a global scale. So how are you guys noticing that, you know, because of new beginnings, because when you're starting a new endeavor this month, as you're ending one and starting a new one, it's going to bring a lot of mental conflict, a lot of mental issues. So this comes up and this is the recognition around like, you know, there's a lot of things that's going on in our heads. We're showing up as one version of ourselves for people, you know, doing our job, doing our day to day, whatever, trying to keep it moving, doing what we do best. But of course, as we are still, you know, growing and things are shifting in our lives, it's hard. It is going to be difficult for you to show up sometimes and like tell that little voice in your head that's like, oh my gosh, like everything is going to shit. It's like you have to control that energy. And how do you do that? You have to change the way that you have dealt with these situations in the past. You know that there may be some things that are on your mind, something that you need to do, something you want to jump into, a new beginning of some sort. What is that reflection for you? What is that situation for you? And how do you shake up the space? How do you break things up and try something new? You truly have nothing to lose. And if you are breathing every day, if you are 
waking up every day and you got something going on, that's a moment to be grateful for that, okay? So this is a time where it's allowing you to know that changing things up isn't such a bad thing. A lot of times we think about, you know, new beginnings and things kind of like ending as something that's scary. But what if you take a different perspective to everything that's happening in your life right now and knowing what side you want to end up on, what energy, what mentality, what direction are you taking? You have that clarity now in a way that you've never had it before. So how are you reminding yourself that you've always been able to succeed, baby? This is your time to shine, but do you see it as that? So as you are being reminded that, you know, nothing's yet set in stone and whatever actions you want to take, you know, whatever direction you want to go, that is perfectly fine. You have the wherewithal to make any sort of decision that you would like to. I want to add a little flavor to this uh, premonition and see what else comes out in regards to the heart. So we're going to hop into the uh, Psychic Tarot for the Heart Deck by John Holland. And first and foremost, the first card that came out is the Base Chakra card. So for those of you guys that are familiar with the chakras, um, or for those of you that aren't familiar with the chakra system, the Base Chakra or the Root Chakra, um, Mudalara, I believe is pronounced, is all about how you feel grounded within yourself. So keeping in mind, what are some of the things that you need to do within your heart that are going to keep you in a good space? What are some of the actions that you need to like bring back into the space? What are some of the things or the people that you need to be talking to or some of the, you know, like working out? Some places are opening gyms. You know, I'm a little, because uh, I don't really, you know, mess with the gym for real, for real before everything was happening. So I'm like, eh, but I understand, like, got to get out of the house, got to try something new. So what is something that can help you stay grounded in your heart and allowing yourself to continue to seek the truth? What is your truth? What do you want? Have you given yourself some time to really sit and think about what it is that is going to set you free? We all have these dual, you know, purposes and we all have these dual mentalities that we are in the midst of trying to figure out. Like, who do we want to show up as every day? Like, that is a choice, okay? You get to choose how you want to show up every day, but do you recognize it as that? And sometimes you may not want to show up how other people will want you to show up, but that's okay. Like, allowing yourself to be the light in whatever situation you find yourself in and choose which part of yourself, which energy that you want to allow yourself to like have other people see. As you are continuing to seek the truth and understanding like what is your truth, what is your reality and understanding that, you know, we have all of these different things that may be going on in our mind. You get to pick and choose whatever works for you. Are you listening to your heart? Are you listening to your spirit? Are you listening to your energy? Like, are you listening to that voice that's inside of you? Know, we, you know we all have that little voice that's like, no girl, stop that. You know you shouldn't be doing that. That's not the right thing for you to be on. Or, yeah, that's right girl, keep going. You know you feeling yourself like allow that voice to really lead this month how have you seen your intuition start popping over the last couple of weeks last couple of months like some things you were thinking about doing like they manifested or something that you felt like every somebody else was doing you was snooping because you know you was snooping girl you was snooping and you found out the tea and you was like oh no like i thought i was wrong but i was actually right like those little voices that you know come up inside of you that's there for a reason so how are you tending to that how are you giving some focus to that little voice inside of you this month and allowing it to show you what is coming your way and also allowing yourself to trust yourself. Do you really trust yourself? Ask yourself that question. Do I trust myself to make the right decisions? Do I trust myself to know that whatever I put my energy towards in a positive manner, it's going to come to fruition. If I set that intention, everything in your life is intention setting. So as you are knowing that nothing is set in stone, you can still put the energy out there to what it is that you desire. Whether it's that new job, whether it's that new partner, whether it's that new house, 
whether it's that new move to that new city. What is it that you truly want? And do you trust yourself enough to know that you will get it no matter what? That's a message to myself. It's very important to know what keeps you grounded. Who keeps you grounded? What do you need now that you may not have needed before? And be very, very honest with yourself this month, guys. Know that, you know, the world, the universe, God, the spirit wants to bless you. So if you set that intention with everything that you do, nothing will fall by the wayside. So I hope that this was a little bit of a, you know, insight for what's to come for you and a, you know, a little bit of motivation for what is coming your way. Thank you so much for listening. I'm very excited for the month of September to honestly like go ahead and get over because by the time October comes, it's my birthday. But thank you so much for listening. Again, my name is Gangsta Gurry. Gangsta with an A because we don't do that E-R shit over here. Gangsta Gurry, G-U-R-R-Y. You can find me on Instagram or on Twitter. Um, Thank you so much to Bryce in the studio for shouting me out, for letting me do this for him again. Thank you so much and congrats to that one year anniversary, child. Passing it back to you. The following message is brought to you by Give me a B B Give me an A A Give me an R R Give me a B B B B B B B B Let me hear it B A R B Bar 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 B A R B Bar 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 Hi This is Miss Barb And today I'm sharing my personal story in hopes of encouraging and uplifting someone. Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Six years ago, my son Bevan transitioned on to be with the Lord. And at that time, I was consumed with hurt and anger. As I felt God had let me down and did not save my son. After all, I considered myself a child of God and believed he would protect my children. Why, I asked God, why my son? Every year after Bevan's death, I would experience a health issue that required surgery. And each time, the surgery was a success. This year, I was diagnosed with cancer and yes, once again scheduled for surgery. A dear friend said to me, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. She went on to explain that yes, God has allowed the weapon to form. The weapon being my cancer but he will not let it prosper I realize now that even though I was so angry with God he never left my side he pulled me through each surgery successfully and did not let the weapon prosper today I am forever grateful, thankful, and humble, knowing that God kept me, because it is not my time to transition, and realizing that it was Bevan's time to transition to a better place. 
I'm sharing my story to let you know that if God did this for me, he will certainly do it for you. So whatever it is you're going through, be it mental, physical, financial, or spiritual issues, give it to God. Be encouraged knowing that (laughs) no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And that is a promise from God. Once again, he pulled me through. I am cancer free. Love you. Wow, that actually caught me by surprise. I was not aware my mom was going to be sharing her testimony. And I am so grateful that my mom is sharing her story uh, with us and with you, uh, because I, I, I truly believe that there is power in our story. So thank you, mom, for sharing your story. Thank you, mom, for sharing your strength. And thank you, mom, for sharing your love with the Purple Pants Posse. If you got something out of Barb's message, please tweet me. Let me know what you thought. And I send it to my mom. It's been something that we've been keeping rather private in our family. But more recently, in talking with my mom, I had was encouraging her to speak up. And to share her testimony. Uh, but my mom was like, no, I don't I don't want to. And I didn't really want to push her because it is her story. So I am actually rather surprised listening to this as you guys are. But I am always encouraged by my mom. My mom leads by example. And I think it's amazing. So when I tell you guys, if, you know, Bob's message means something to you, you know, tweet me and I send it to her. It, it really helps her. And I have to say that uh, given Barb's message during the time when she was going through her surgery, she was in recovery and we couldn't be there in the hospital. So that was something that was rather scary. But, you know, when I was able to talk to her on the phone, she was like, I got to get I got to get Barb's message out this week. I'm like, girl, you got girl, you focus on recovery. But Barb's message really means a lot to my mom. And so you guys mean a lot to my mom and the feedback that you give to her truly inspires her. So when I be saying tweet, tweet, and I screenshot it to my mom, I really be doing, and she really be getting something out of it. So I just, again, thank you so much, mom. I love you and your strength. It 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 truly touches the world. So thank you for that Barb's message. Who's the freak? Who's the freak? Who's the freak of the week? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that freaky, freaky freak? Who's the freak of the week? Might be me, might be you, might be. And we are on to the freak of the week, baby. Now listen, this freak of the week is another double hitter okay listen so this week i was minding my business i was on the twitter and you know dalton ross has been doing these like uh survivor interviews of survivor players that we don't hear from a lot and this week he had interviewed brandon shapiro from ghost island and i've always been a fan of brandon shapiro first of all you know me i love pre-merges period okay So, and I love Ghost Island. And I remember the first time that I met Brandon uh, was at Hearts of Reality. And first of all, it was so funny because I was so excited to meet Brandon. I was like, Brandon, what's up? 
And Brayden was like, Bryce. And I remember the first thing that Brayden said to me, he was like, wow, you're taller than I thought. I don't know why people think your baby boy is short. And so we just always have been in contact since then. And then when the interview came out, uh, he had reached out to me and was like, you should check out the interview. I'm like, baby boy, I already read it. And so he had, uh, and in the interview, he talked about, they Dalton asked him, does he still watch Survivor? And what's the season that he would want to see? And he hadn't said, listen, I would love to see a season of pre-merged boots, okay? Called Survivor Unfinished Business. And you know, Brandon showed your baby boy some love. And I was one of the first people that he had named that he would want to see back. Okay, I'm here for it. And so I had reached out to him and I said, Well, why don't you do the why why don't do the intro for me? And so Brandon was like, Okay, I'll do it. And then so Brandon, he sent me like six of them. He was like, Well, wait, this this was not that good. Let me do another one. Let me do another one. Let me do another one. Let me do another. And so I'm like, Brandon, whatever you want to do is fine. And so then I was just, you know, scrolling through the Instagram and I had went to Brandon underscore Shapiro's Instagram and the last photo that he posted back in July, it says bird is the word. And it's literally Brandon and his son, Will, which Will is literally like his twin, his twin, 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 twin. They look exactly the same. And I love Will because even through during Ghost Island, I saw Will was super active online and on Instagram. And, you know, I love anybody that's online and he's a Survivor fan himself. And, you know, he's a mini version of his dad. And so I always say, listen, I'm ready for Blood versus Water 3. I need Brandon and Will on there. OK, because Will, my little cousin, and I'm here for it. But this photo, bird is the word, it's Brandon looking like a zaddy, okay? He got like a little 12-pack, and then here come Cousin Will looking like a baby zaddy. I said, oh, wait a minute, freak of the week, freak of the week. So, guys, please make sure you go to Brandon Shapiro's Instagram at Brandon underscore Shapiro, okay? Find that photo, bird is the word, and let them know. Let my little cousin Will and let Brandon know they the freak of the week. Listen, okay? Show them, I can't even talk. Show those Shapiro boys some Lizzo. And with that being said, if we at Freak of the Week, then that means we are at another end to another amazing episode. I cannot thank you so much for your support. I want to also just thank all of the Purple Pants Posse members that sent me DMs this week and was like, baby boy, we ain't get a um a podcast. What's the tea? I hope everything's okay for you. I, you know, just and I appreciate you guys giving me my roses and I just want to give my roses back to everyone that listens to me. I'm extremely grateful. And I just want to make sure that you guys subscribe to my podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, write a review, tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend. I am extremely grateful for my mom opening her heart and sharing her testimony that really kind of got in my spirit a little bit. And so I'm just I'm just happy that I'm creating a platform of support, love and positivity with a little bit of mess because, you know, your baby boy is messy at times, but I'm here for it. And so I cannot wait until next week. Okay, so you know where to find me you know what to do it's a it's a it's a it's the purple pants it's the purple pants it's the purple pants podcast you better get your headphones and listen up quick it's the purple pants podcast you better listen in public might make your stomach hurt it's the purple pants podcast you're trying to unwind you better get that box wine it's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack. You better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants.